Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Physical Digital Tiny Room. Welcome back to the second attempt at recording this intro. <laughs> I am Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined by the man who has been described as the only true risen son of God, the way, the light, and the life of Irish podcasting. It's Ben. Hi, boys. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think anyone... Yeah, but it's true. It's all true. Yeah, sorry for shouting there. That's a bit of an upgrade from the Jar Jar Binks of... Of Irish podcasting. Well, Ben, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the things that we do is that every week I introduce you in a different, somewhat humorous way. When did we start that? I don't. I actually don't know. A few oh. months ago, probably. Ben shows you how much I pay attention to the podcast. Look, that was a very, a very sacrilegious introduction mm. for you there. We might come back to why that was later. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this, Jenny. I was thinking it's my body too sacrilegious for you, babe. I was thinking more Fergie. Sacrilegious definition. Make them boys go loco. (laughs) Ben, do you remember last week? (laughs) We talked about shows that ended poorly or ended very well. Yes. And interestingly, you asked people to give us some examples of things that they thought ended. I did. You did. And remember then also last week that I said, Ben, maybe ask people for things that ended well. Because, you know, as humans we have a tendency to focus on the negative yes we're very negative whereas we should try to accentuate the positive we need to accentuate the positive i don't know decentuate the the negative (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um we had a few comments uh regular commenter cron what's up cron what's up cron from the cron craft show he's a good egg ben famously Mm. a good egg he Pointed out one that I'd actually heard about before. He talked about Reaper. Reaper, the the old series with Ray Wise as as the devil. Very much so. As yes. the devil. Ray, one of Ray Wise's appearances is the devil. I think yeah, he does it. He does it a few times. Is it Twin Peaks? Is he also the he's, devil in? He's often the devil in he's the not, Twin Peaks. He's, he's a bad egg in Twin Peaks, but he's not necessarily the devil. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, that had the classic last season twist and basically unresolved cliffhanger. Mm. Yeah, no good. Got cancelled. Got cancelled. Got cancelled. I remember that being very disappointing. Also a little bit sacrilegious. Yes, very sacrilegious. Very Seems fitting. to be the theme of the day. Very good. Also, Ben, uh, Light Camera Tentacles from the Instagram. What up, Light Camera Tentacles? This is a great, great username. Um, he pointed out one that we really shouldn't have missed. Which was? one of the all-time classic bad endings. Yeah. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. I've never seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles. This, or... Tried to pronounce it, obviously. <laughs> it's um, it's very good. Good podcasting there. Uh, yeah, uh, I went for the shoulder. It's um, as far as I remember, they travel into the future. The future to fight the Terminators, and then it just ends. Now, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong here. But the future is not now. No, but what will happen later? Yeah, although since the show was made a couple of years ago, the future might be now. The future is now. Also, don't shout in the mic, Ben. The, the, <laughs> the future is now. Much better. Um, Sorry. Also, due to the timey night, wimey nature of podcasting, people may be listening to this in 2023. What up, 2023? What up, 2023? Ben's watched too much Rick and Morty this weekend. <laughs> I have. Not actually. It's just permanently seared into my brain. Anyway, they were the two the two best shout outs I think we had. Also, I reread Planet Hurry. Ooh. Bit of a disappointing ending. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, a damp squib. A little bit. Anyway, uh, Ben, do the theme music. (gasps) Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. But I hope.
them up for us I don't wanna name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel <laughs> Brilliant, pure joy, every week, without fail Oh, very good Benjamin, uh, what's the biggest news this week? I don't know. Oh, you haven't been keeping up, I right? I haven't been keeping up. I never keep up. I'll take the lead on this one. Yay! Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Ben, it's on hold. Oh, shock. Yeah. Do you think that's Dave Bautista just stubbornly saying feck off? Um, I don't know if Dave Bautista has enough sway that they couldn't make Guardians of the Galaxy 3 without Drax. I mean, Drax is an important character, but he's not Star-Lord, is he? No, he's not. And, um, you know... Now, anyway, what happened was the the pre-production team have been dismissed and told to seek other work. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole fluster cluck may well result in the first bad Marvel movie, or we might just not get... Guardians of the Galaxy 3? We might not get Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They've soured the pot somewhat. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, is this the first crack, then? It's kind of statistically inevitable at this point, isn't it? There are quite a few movies in. How many have we got now? 20? You're due, a, you're due a, if not a bad egg, but a, a, a muss-up. Yeah. the Well, there has there was one muss-up before, you'll remember. Was it Thor uh, 2? No, that's just average, not great. The muss-up was the falling out with Edgar Wright over Ant-Man. Over Ant-Man. So it's not the first one, but this is a lot more high-profile. And then that. Ant-Man was relegated to filler. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ant-Man is also fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a movie that you can really tell suffered during its production process. Because they completely re-did it. See, I think the issue with Guardians of the Galaxy more than anything else is that it's very much a James Gunn movie. Yeah. It's it's very much his input and his shaping of it. And I, I think Disney may have pissed off a lot of people. For example, I can't imagine someone like Taika Waititi actually taking that job. Yeah, because he likes James Gunn. Because he's he's him and They're James Gunn collaborated, mates. but they collaborated quite a bit for Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. because they wanted to expand the cosmological end of things. Yeah, the cosmic Marvel. is the word you're looking for there. Cosmic, thank you. <laughs> um, Oops. Also, um, James Gunn collaborated a lot with the Russo brothers for Infinity's Wars. Yeah, so how, I mean, how does that sit? It's a real pit of vipers, isn't it? Because real... a lot of a lot of the the cast signed that letter in support. Of James Gunn, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not wondering if if maybe some of the the sounder people that don't want to mess with their new status as a leading man, Chris mm-hmm. Pratt, which I completely understand by the way, it, because he's quite big at the minute and yeah. he has a whole bunch of franchises that he needs to mm-hmm. kind of balance. But I'm wondering if people like Zoe Saldana didn't also. I'd say a lot of people are dragging their heels on set at yeah, the minute. Probably. I'd say there's a lot of. Well, remember it was also pre-production stuff, so there is no set. Mm. Well, they've but they've also kept him as writer. They're yeah. using his script. Well, they're not anymore. Oh, are they because not? Because the whole thing's scrapped. Oh, okay. Not scrapped on hold, but on hold is Hollywood for scrapped. Scrapped. Yeah. Um, like Silver and Black was on hold and then scrapped. Mm. Do you remember Silver and Black? Mm. That was the Black Cat Silver Black Cat, Sable. Silver Sable. No. no use. No good. Jesus. Anyway, Ben. Anywho, I've seen two films this week. Have you? Yeah. Which one would you like to hear about? The first of the two. The, the, all right. The first one I saw was The Meg. The Meg. It's Jason Statham versus a giant shark. Dear God, it's a megalodon. He doesn't say dear God. He just says, it's a megalodon. It's a megalodon. And everyone goes, okay then. Um, I'm going to take my shirt off and jump in. That's not a great Statham. It is a good someone. I don't know who it is, 
but it's not Statham. Statham's I have a, a spare bit... scuba suit in my trunk. No. 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 Bastard. I think too posh. Too posh. Yeah. I don't know what you say. No, can't get it. It's no. kind of like the Irish. They have a game called hurling. It's like a combination one. of hockey and murder. <laughs> oh, Jason. That's Never not, change. Not a great Jason. <laughs> Never change. How was the Meg? Anyway, Ben, look, I have to tell you a thing about the Meg. The Meg is a 1970s B-movie plot. Excellent. Right? Not entirely against that. With a production budget of 140 millions of dollars. Christ. For some reason. Christ. Does that ring a bell to you in any way? Yeah. Obviously it doesn't. Um, <laughs> did you see the film Skyscraper with The Rock? Oh, with The Rock. Um, that was a 70s B-movie action film. Towering Inferno. Right. Uh, with, for some reason, a $180 million budget. Yes, and a very Central Asian cast. Because, Ben, as soon as I saw this, that it was a 70s B-movie plot mm. with a massive, inexplicable budget, you know what I thought to myself? I thought, the Chinese, they're a great bunch of lads. Couldn't agree more, Michael. Yeah, great. The Chinese would like to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Imagine if our production budget skyrocketed. <laughs> $147 million. And with a slightly aging action star inserted into it. That's who fine. We, if the... Who do we get? Who's slightly aging? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, hmm. doesn't matter. Clive um, Owen? Yeah. Get a Clive Owen in here. Get a Clive Owen and a $140 million production budget. Clive Owen. Anyway, it's, it's very much... I saw it and I said, you know what's going to be in this? There's going to be an altruistic Chinese businessman. Who saves the day. Who saves the day. There's going to be uh, a lot of respect for the Chinese authorities and military. Mm. And, and there's going to be absolutely no sex. It's going to be a sexless... The main kind of romantic subplot is going to be entirely spoken. So Jason Statham does not have sex with a megalodon. Jason Statham does not have sex with anyone. Oh. It is entirely... PG, no blood even. It has Ruby Rose in it. Oh, of course it does. Guess what she plays? Is it a tough female henchman? (laughs) She's not really a henchman. She's a goodie, but she's the tough female enforcer. Yeah, tough female geographer or something like that. She's playing a character that five years ago undoubtedly would have been played by Rihanna. Ah, Ruby Rose is getting a lot of Rihanna's roles, basically. Yeah, fair enough. If they made Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets tomorrow... Ruby Rose would probably be there. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. Ruby Rose is playing the Rihanna character. Well, look, the Chinese, she... though, Ben. Great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads, according to Jason Statham and the Megalodon. <laughs> yeah, according... It, I, was th- I was watching it thinking, this is really interesting as a, a non-American, but still English-speaking white person. Because you're so used to those roles in Hollywood films being played by Americans. Yes. An altruistic American billionaire. Mm. And then the American military show up at the end and save everyone. And as a non-American, that always felt a bit weird. Because if the American military showed up, I wouldn't necessarily be... Delighted. Delighted. (laughs) Oh, thank God we're saved. It's Mr. Trump. Yeah, so... um, yeah, it must be interesting for Americans watching this where the, the Chinese, the Chinese the are a great bunch of lads. Uh, the Chinese military aren't in it, actually, but uh, all the rest of the things came but true. But they'll be in the sequel, Meg 2. Yeah, Meg 2. Shut up, Meg. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> um, it's very, very obscure reference at no, this point. No, it's not. Everyone knows Shut Up, Meg. Yeah, so everyone fair watches enough. Family Guy. It has Jesus enough. in it. Um, I saw another film, Ben. Go on. It's called Upgrade. Have you heard of oh, it? Oh, I saw it. I've Up- seen it. Ben I've seen the film. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our... I've seen Upgrade. ...very rare segment, Ben Has Seen a Thing. Ben Has Seen a Thing. I thought it was bloody excellent. It was 
bloody excellent, wasn't it, Ben? Bloody being the, the key word in that entire film. Every now and then, just moments of extreme ultraviolence. Proper horror. Do you want to tell the listen, the listeners... The listeners. ...what it's about? Yeah, so it's set in the near future. Yeah. Not, not so distant future. Um, think of it as if everything Google has in their research development department <laughs> came true. Yeah. So the, the self-driving cars, the fully automated life, the talking to the room, the room does the thing. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of... It, it takes place right on the cusp of the next massive drones. technological breakthrough. Yes, drones are now the primary way that laws enforcement works mm-hmm. and monitors things. So it's kind of all the, the futurology theories that are out there at the minute mm-hmm. come to fruition. Yeah. And at the centre of this is our protagonist, um, whose name is... Fake Tom Hardy. Fake Tom Hardy, also known as... Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green, thank you very much. And his name in the film is... I don't know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh, Grey. Grey, yeah, that's it, Grey. And Grey is an old-school analogue guy. He's kind of a a bagman or a a go-getter. He He fixes cars. He fixes cars, but he also finds old-school muscle cars, Mm -hmm. and he can can fix mechanics, basically, that that the new stuff can't do, because everything's Mm -hmm. everything's electric. Um, Very, very good. He has a bit of a run-in with some bad eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets put in a wheelchair. And the last thing I'm going to give you before spoiling the entire movie is he receives a massive upgrade, upgrade. Yeah, boom, a, uh, through a chip. And they fuse together and become the first kind of human-man It's a very transhumanist. Thing. It's bloody great. I really enjoyed it. It looks visually, it has been very visually influenced, obviously, by Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pink light on one side of someone's face and Absolutely. blue light on the other side of yeah, their face. Yeah. But it, choreograph wise, blocking wise, I thought it was a great film. I Very really, good. I really loved. He's great at. They have wonderful Who? moments in the film where where Logan the chip Marshall takes Green. over. The, yeah, Logan Marshall Green. They have great moments where he's kind of human, and then there's moments where the chip takes the driving seat. Mm-hmm. And he switches between robotic movements and very logical movements mm-hmm. to human kind of panic movements very well. There are also great scenes where the the, the chip is doing the fighting using his body, but yeah. his head is still his own. His head is still his own. He's, he's freaking out. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really well done. Ben, what um, do you think of the idea that it is the good Venom movie? Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's a great... Who who posited this one? I can't remember. I heard it on the Twitter, I think. Bloody, bloody good. Yeah, That's the movie Twitter. that... Oh, I like that, Michael. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's not my idea, but um, I stole it from Twitter. But I really enjoyed the, the very strong horror elements towards the end of it. Mm. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything because we can't really get into it uh, without spoiling. But it becomes... Very slowly inches its way towards horror territory. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, I think very much becomes... Oh, it's very good. It's a, it's a very good film. I, I really like the Venom comparison because it's basically, it's maybe not the Eddie Brock Venom story. It's the it's the Flash Thompson. The Flash Thompson story would be great. Paralyzed soldier. I'm not sure why they didn't do that. Uh, well, look, we, we the Venom movie's not going to be good, is it? Well, we we haven't decided, but we're fairly certain. And we're fairly even, certain. And they've even got bloody fake Tom Hardy. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, Logan Marshall Green is. He was very good, though. Yeah, like, he was excellent. It was well acted. It yeah. was well... I really enjoyed that film. Mm. Um, very well choreographed. It's very basic plot-wise. Like, it's it's a revenge movie. Yeah. Um, but it's very good. Yeah, it's I, I had a real good time with that get, film. Get a, get a, give it a recommendation there. Yeah. Go watch Upgrade. Yeah. Legally. Legally, please. Please. Because we both flew to... That America? No, it's out on DVD. Oh, it's out on DVD. Sorry, we both went and bought DVDs in Tesco. <laughs> ben. Yeah. I didn't. I just paid for it on digital download. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> ben. 
we're kind of trapped this week in the tiny room. Yes. In a lot of ways. We can't leave. We can't leave. Mm. If living is without you. Can't breathe. Michael and I are actually not codependent. We're fine. <laughs> but Do you want to tell people why, Ben, we're trapped? There's a the very tiny... important man in... The, well, not my important man. Yeah, me. But, yeah, Michael's in the city. I just couldn't leave him be. Um, no. Uh, the Pope has come to visit our lovely little island once again. Mm-hmm. Once again. And uh, for some reason... Yes. We've shut down the entire fucking city for his visit. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I know this, and I didn't realise the scale of the shutdown until my sister had to get to Bosaurus this morning, and we had to find her an alternate route to get to Bosaurus. Do you want to explain what Bosaurus is? Bosaurus is the central bus terminal in Dublin City, uh-huh. um, because she's travelling down the countryside today. She's going... She- She's going to get a bus in Dublin City Centre today on yeah. Pope Day. Because she didn't realise. Do you know how she had to get into town? I walk? No, she had to go out to... The Dart is still running. Right. So she had to... The Dart is the interrail system in the city centre in Dublin. Mm-hmm. She had to go all the way out to Bray, which is quite far from the city centre, and get the Dart in to the city centre. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's bloody ridiculous. I'm not sure why it's that closed down. I'm quite disgruntled about the entire affair. Oh, but Ben, it's so rare for you to be disgruntled. Mm. <laughs> I am known as the most disgruntled man on Irish podcasting. <laughs> so, 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 what are we going to talk about then? Well, you know, Michael, in in the spirit of of being a little bit pissed off at the Pope, yeah. This week's topic, pissed Michael, off at the Pope. pissed off at the Pope. That's the name of the podcast for this week. <laughs> I decided to go, go very literary, and we're going to take a look at 1667's wonderful literary masterpiece, Paradise Lost by John Milton. Oh. I'm going to be reading some expert excerpts from Paradise Lost with a nice cup of lemon ginger tea. That's not usually what we do. And it, No, not really. Um, do you want to do something else? No, no, you, you, you work away. <laughs> well, I'd like to be sacrilegious, so let's, let's look at some other things there. We'll steer away from 1667's Paradise Lost by John Milton, and uh, we'll take a look at bloody blasphemy and sacrilegiousness in comics this and week, other Michael. Things. And other things. Yeah. And other things. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we're going to do this week, because okay, we love Tempting Fate. Let's um, oh, Fate or Fate. fate. Oh. Fate. Which one, Ben? Oh, it's fate so hard to tell. Fate, especially so when you're Irish. <laughs> ben. I'll, I'll, I'll start on. us off. You I'll start us off. On. I'm going to start us off with the 1980s toy line, Monster in My Pocket. Monster in My Pocket. I'm not sure that's how it went. That was Polly Pocket, I think. Um, did, you, did you, Ben, are you pre or post Monster in My Pocket? What was the year again, Michael? I don't know. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, mm, I imagine. I would imagine I was probably at the end of Monster in My Pocket right. and therefore not capable of buying them for myself. Well, they were little rubber people, little rubber monsters, Ben. Little rubber. Isn't that what the Catholic Church calls condoms? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, we're off to a good start. <laughs> so, yeah. There were little... <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this episode. I am actually so excited this week because I'm a tiny little edgelord and I really enjoy being pissed off. And stuff like that. That, was, that was actually pretty good. The little rubber Go monsters. <laughs> and um, the, 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 the Hindus... In in you in the UK, Ben. Not well, all the Hindus, Ben. That's I'm I'm, bro- I'm brushing them all with a, a broad stroke there. The Hindu demographic. A, no, a kind of a, a right wing mm. Hindu conservative group, mm. um, which I'd never would have thought existed, but no. it does. Uh, they were very upset at Monster in My Pocket because one of the monsters was the goddess Kali. Oh, that's not good. You can't have a Kali in your pocket. <laughs> That should definitely be the name of the... It's going to be hard to choose a name stop, this week. Stop naming the podcast, Ben. Yeah, Focus. Uh, yeah, but um, they introduced Kali as one of the monsters and um, they the, the Hindu League were very upset with that. Um, then, Ben... Mm. Um, 
We had Supernatural. Do you remember Supernatural? Oh, we Sometimes love, a, like we love a Supernatural here at the podcast. And uh, Callie was in that too, in our favourite episode, uh, Hammer of the Gods. Yes, that is the the, po- the official favourite episode of Supernatural yep. of the podcast. It is actually. Yeah. And she upset the same people, basically. Because you can't have Callie. Not necessarily only that you can't have ha- Callie, but that she was so easily defeated by Lucifer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Also, she is shown in that episode eating meat, and Callie in, in which in, ain't okay. No, she's a she's a vegan in, in oh. Hindu tradition. Also, um, in Hindu tradition, it's Callie who brings about the end of the universe. She's Callie the destroyer. Yeah. So yeah. for for Satan Lucifer to come along so easily and usurp her, that episode Ben of Supernatural bit of trivia for you here. Mm, go on. Wasn't shown in India. Shock. Yeah. Um, that's has, fair enough. That's interesting. as well. That's interesting. Or Barbar, as Dean calls him. Oh, yeah, he just called him Barbar, yeah. If if you hear a meow, yeah, by the Ed. way, listeners, there's, there's no, 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 Ed no, no, outside open the door. door there and see if he wants to come in. Yeah, sure. Podcast gold, that's everybody. Podcast gold, Podcast everybody. magic. Then you're going to have to move your chair. Oh, no. It's all gone wrong. Hi, Ed. Ed, do you want to come in? You coming in, Ed? No, he's left. No, he's run off. He's left. That's Ed Sheeran the cat, ladies and gentlemen. He is very loud, but also a coward. Official guest star of the podcast this week. <laughs> he doesn't like the Pope either. He just fancied coming and having a scratch in the door. Just so, letting us know. Ben, the reason I brought that up is because sacrilege. Um, when you live in... Uh, well, I don't want to call Ireland a majority Catholic country, although it probably is. When you live in the majority Catholic country, or even in the West... It's very easy to see sacrilege as only relating to your own love. Christianity yeah. or I suppose Islam because we're a bit more sensitive towards Islam because it's so big in the news. Mm-hmm. But we're casually, as a culture, we're often casually sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. We're often casually sacrilegious oh, about, about another name for the podcast. About the Hindus, <laughs> about the Buddhists. About the the native people of Australia's faith, like we'll gladly steal their stuff and and mock it. Well, I've only gone and pulled a white privilege move, Michael. All my bloody stuff is Western religion. Well, I know, Ben. I knew <laughs> that, that you so. pointed it out. That's why well I, I decided to throw that in there at the well start. Played. Well go on, played. I'll try and expand as we go along. Well, Uncle, I broke it into two kind of categories in terms of, of the old sacrilegiousness right. that we pull off in uh, comics and TV and pop culture and stuff right, like on. that. Go on, you've go got, on. You've got what I would refer to as kind of agnostic blasphemy, where you're asking kind of bigger questions of stuff like that. Oh. Um, and in that category, you've got your Lucifers, the comic book, mm-hmm. and your Preachers. Right. Uh, the comic book. And then you've got your Edgelord blasphemy, <laughs> where it's like... So for those that don't know, just in case you're new to the term edgelord, an edgelord is a really moody teenager that thinks they're being all edgy and cool by mm-hmm. making dead baby jokes and silly things like that. Like James Gunn. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Back 15 years ago, before mm-hmm. he deleted all those and apologized officially and then got fired anyway. Um, yeah, before all that. But edgelord blasphemy is that thing where it's like, oh, look at this. I made Jesus a heroin addict. Ooh-wee. Like, so what you're saying. So edgy. There's another bit of Rick and Morty. Did you watch a lot of Rick and Morty? Ooh, this year? Um, so what you're saying is we're going to talk about two types of blasphemy. Mm. The first type of blasphemy is kind of 
non-sanctioned stories using the characters. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, taking them to a logical conclusion or borrowing elements from religious texts and then applying them to And to then there's situations. just flat out taking the piss. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think being such huge fans of Sandman here, he would have been one of the real starters for that kind of story where he borrows from lots of different... Neil Gaiman borrows from lots of different mythologies and mm-hmm. kind of expands them, makes them very human and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. pulls them out that way. And then the spin-off of that was Mike Carey, who then took over the Lucifer title for Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that expanded the Christian end of that mythology and he did something that hadn't been done in the Sandman comics in that he brought actual God into it oh. and he called him Yahweh oh um, yeah so he I mean, that's borderline sacrilegious in yeah. itself and that whole uh, arc with the Lucifer character that got turned into a weird procedural on FX mm-hmm. uh, starring an Englishman for some reason mm-hmm. um, English people are the devil English people are the devil if you're from this little potato land um, yeah but he then goes on a search for God that's what the whole arc of it is so it's very similar to Preacher isn't that what is Preacher's verti- about yeah it's another vertigo title um, he goes on the search for the old God it's, it, they come at it from two different perspectives um, go on Lucifer has a very personal mission of why did God make him the fallen angel mm-hmm. Um because he realizes that God must have had that in his plan. Yeah. And then that's a very logical kind of expansion of, funnily enough, 1667's Paradise Lost by John Milton. Oh, this wasn't a joke. Okay, um, really no, there was, a, there was a tie in there at some on, point, but I just on. thought it'd be quite funny to, to do it that way. Go on, tell, um, us, tell us the thing. But the original, when, when we talk about Lucifer today, there's this kind of interesting look at him as almost like an anti-hero. Do you ever watch University Challenge? No. If you ever watch University Challenge and there's uh, a somewhat religious question, just say Paradise Lost John Milton. Mm-hmm. It's 90% of the time is the right answer. <laughs> just just for for University Challenge fans out there who might be listening. Fair enough, because it is the original kind of big blasphemy move in terms of expanding the original Old Testament stuff and, and giving a characterization. This idea of... Lucifer as the fallen angel and the tragic hero mm-hmm. became very popular with poets during the Romantic era and yeah. novelists and things like that. In black clothes. That all comes from Milton. This idea of the devil as a rebel mm-hmm. and the devil as a re- revolutionary. Right. Um, that's all John Milton. And this very much takes that again and pushes it forward a little bit more. What does? Um, Lucifer by Mike Carey okay. uh, looks at all that. Then Preacher, on the other hand, has a different kind of motive. Jesse Custer wants to know why God has abandoned his creation. Yeah. Um, and he goes in search over Death America at a very bumpy time in American history, the 90s, where things were kind of going off. He took a lot of cues from Bill Hicks. A lot of Nirvana. Um, yeah, but I would say that, yeah, exactly. The 90s, I think, were a big time for this kind of new push towards a more, a more cynical society, a more mm. atheistic. Atheistic, is that a word? Atheist is a Atheist based. It's already an adjective. Society, agnostic society. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of questions being asked of God. Um, and it was just kind of an interesting, it's kind of a cultural touchstone, I guess, during that era of kind of questioning authority and, and I suppose. Here's the thing, right? I don't remember how Preacher ends. Does he tell God to go fuck himself and then... He does tell God to go fuck himself at one point, but he also tricks God. Um, Do spo- his powers work on God? No. They don't? No. I thought they did. God, They did for a while, but he loses the ability. God, I think, takes... I can't remember how he does it, but God finds a workaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he actually lets him go. Jesse Custer lets him go. They have their conversation, he lets him go. Um, but spoilers for a comic that came yeah, out in the 90s. Yeah, spoil it, Ben. Um, it's the saint of killers who's waiting for him in the throne room of heaven. So oh. God reascends to heaven 
to take right. his throne. Right. And who's sitting in it but the Saint of Killers. And the Saint of Killers ends him. Oh, he kills God. Yeah, he kills God because God turned him. Very similar to the Lucifer arc, actually. God turned him into a man filled with a special kind of hate that uh-huh. could make him the Saint of Killers. Mm. Um, and he's the only man on the planet who could do it, which meant that God gave him that ability. And he wants to know why God gave him that ability. Mm. And as revenge for turning him into the most hateful man on the planet, he fucking kills God. Supernatural invite in, in, involved God as well, eventually, didn't it? Yeah, God comes down as a thing and they meet God and then God leaves. Yeah, he's a little schlubby guy. He's a little schlubby guy. God leaving leaving is a pretty common trope. Because we don't know what to do with him. Yeah. You can't actually have... Well, I think a lot of people like the idea of... Again, it's that individual thing where like humans are the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. And if God reascends and becomes the God again... Right. As opposed to a schlubby little man. Yeah, humans lose their place at the top of the food chain. Mm. Causes more philosophical questions than it cares to answer. Mm. So you can't really in pop culture have that. Because, let's face it, Sam and Dean won't have to kill anything if God is back in charge. Well, like, this is the issue, isn't it? Well, that was the whole thing, is Dean went looking for God at one point. That's a real thing, you know, it's the the wayward son that goes looking for for God. Mm-hmm. Um and Dean went off and looked for him. Um, and slowly that nihilistic creeping... It always kind of happens with that... It, it follows that Nietzsche thing of when you fight monsters, you become a monster yourself kind of thing. And you always have that Nietzsche character. That. Uh, yeah, it was the Abyss quote. And he also said... Oh, the, when you stare into the Abyss, the, the yeah, Abyss, the abyss stares, stares into you. And he also said, be careful when you fight monsters. Oh. That you don't become a monster Were there yourself. monsters in the old days? Uh, in the olden days, back in the day. Back in um, yeah, this was during his writings war in... Germany. Hang on, let me think... Zara right. Thursta it's kind of his poetic literary philosophical treatise um, oh god I'm so happy today Michael just listen to me lashing words out um, but anyway very common to find the man who's kind of the hero or the anti-hero mm-hmm. and they get jaded at some point yeah. and they begin to wonder that nihilism starts to creep in that existentialism like why is the world like this blah 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 but they go and they find the God right, of that one. particular text, usually the white Christian God. Usually, uh, usually, and it, it gets a bit messy. It gets a bit messy from in terms of a, a plotting point of like, view. If you stick God into, if you stick the, the Judeo-Christian God, the omnipotent God, yeah. the omnipotent, all-seeing God, yeah. into your story, you have to then, you can't, you have to decide why bad things happen. Yeah, you know what I mean in your story. You, yeah, like. Can he or she, can he or she control that and does they let it happen? So, like, is it, is it he doesn't actually control it, he just created the universe and then lets it run? Or is it that he does cause the bad things because he's kind of ethically, morally mm-hmm. neutral? Mm-hmm. Or he's testing the, the good guys? Or is it that... Um, Oh, I can't remember what the third option was. I, but that's what I'm saying. You have, to, you have to explain that then in your story for it to be satisfying. Yeah, there is a paradox, I'm going to look it up very, very quickly, that pretty much surmises that it's, uh, I'm going to type in evil paradox. All right, you do that. <laughs> That'll um, be interesting, keep going. I'll talk about another thing where God, we're not, I'm not going to talk about it too much, Ben, because we're, we're actually going to talk about it on a later podcast. Fair enough. But one of my favourite films as a teen was uh, Dogma. Oh, God. Look, we'll talk about whether it's good or bad on another podcast. Go on, go on, go on. But in, in Dogma, um, two angels... Yes. Are attempting to get a plenary indulgence. A plenary indulgence is when you uh, 
get an automatic pass into heaven no matter what bad things you've done. So they're trying to get a plenary indulgence by passing through a church. You can actually get a plenary indulgence, Ben, this week by going to the Pope's Mass, according to the Irish Times. What? So if you go into Did the Pope... they Pope, give you a little coupon at the top? I, I don't know how it works. I assume so. You go in... If you go into the Phoenix Park today, you get a free trip to heaven, no matter what you did up to this. I... Look, Ben, anyway... Um, Goodness, Michael. Goodness. And the reason, that, the reason that that has to be stopped in dogma is that if they manage to do that, having been banished from heaven by God, if they manage to get back in, they'll prove that God isn't infallible. Oh. And, and that will cause the universe to cease. That will break the bleeding box. And uh, someone is trying to help them because uh, he wants the universe to end. Azazel. Yes, it's uh, Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Before he became a Scientologist. Oh. Um, we lose so many good ones to Scientology. And that deals with the God issue by taking God out of the equation in the early going. God takes on a human form to go explore and gets put in a coma. Ah, they drop so, him. Yeah, so God can't interfere. And then the end... It's it, unusual. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clever. Kevin Smith is quite clever. He's yeah, a bit, a bit he's, edgy. He's an edgelord. Well, Ben, that's the thing I was going to say about Dogma. Like I said, we're going to talk about it at a later date, and I haven't seen it in close on 20 years. Mm. But it's actually not that edgy and satirical by modern standards. Yeah, probably not by modern standards. No, we've gotten a bit jaded yeah. around these parts. Um, I think, generally speaking, it's funny, I think he had such a huge influence during the 90s. Kevin Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he affected a lot of things. Because one of the comics we're going to talk about today, Michael, mm-hmm. and I, I put it firmly in the edgelord blasphemy category. Well, hold on, before we move on. To oh, sorry, yes. The quote. the quote that I was looking for is from Epicurus. Um, you and Epicurus, Epicurus, not Epicurus, sorry. Epicurus is, is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing? Then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then whence cometh evil? If he is neither able nor willing then why call him God? Yeah. So it's an interesting one. That's the problem of evil by Epicurus. Nothing to do with an Epicurean food hall. No. no. Uh, if he was Epicurious, does that mean he would be interested in trying different foods? I think he'd be interested in both willing and able men. <laughs> the Greeks? Is that... <laughs> the, the, the Greeks? Greeks? The old Greeks. Um, but, but yeah, that's that's the quote on, on the, the problem of evil. So it's an interesting one. When you put that into your story... Where do you go from Yeah, because you have to kind of... If you're going to put God into your story, you have to decide what can you do, what can't you do. Because, Ben, <laughs> this is going to make me sound so boring, but stories have to have rules. <laughs> There's rules for a story. And if stories don't have rules, Ben, they just devolve into nonsense. It's just nonsense. It's just jibber-jabber. Yeah. It's, and then... You, you do see that good. sometimes, though. You get a comic and it's just a mess. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Well... It's too much play. All play and no rules make stories a dull boy. Well, all you have to do for that is look at the golden age run of the Spectre. Because the Spectre is the instrument of God. He's the instrument of God. He's the left hand of God. And he is the second most powerful being in the DC universe. Yes. Who's the first? God. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back then. Did I? Yeah, Yeah, back then. But who knows now whether God still exists or not or whatever is going on. Um, but yeah, they, they, they didn't really know what to do with him. So they were basically, he wasn't a superhero. It was a horror story where he just kind of watched and then did something horrible to people. Yeah, they brought that back. Melted um, them and turned them into a candle or something. That became the new thing that they do with him now. He's like a little mini horror thing. He gets mm. his own series every once in a while and goes off and wreaks vengeance. And yeah, he was Hal Jordan people. for a while there, remember? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now Crispin, Crispus Allen, Crispus Allen. Crispin Glover. No, Crispin. I did say Crispin Glover, but he's Crispus Allen, the dead DC detective. Mm. 
from Gotham City. Mm. Yeah. He took over from that when he was killed. Right. Um, when, when, when Dogma came out, Ben, in yes. 1999, there were massive protests against it because people thought it was being um, purposefully blasphemous. And it was a bit, wasn't it? A little bit, but yeah. as it turns out, it was pretty mild and uh, pretty forgiving, I felt, of religion, really, in the end. Yeah, it was quite forgiving of it in the end. Yeah. Tell us about stories, though, that are just people trying to be dicks about religion. Well, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of them. I think, interestingly enough, um, one of them is Battle Pope. I don't think he's been a dick. It's just being very silly about the whole thing. Battle Pope was a comic from Image Comics. It was one of the originals. When Image Comics came on the scene, Battle Pope was being published uh, by a little independent uh, comic book company. Ro- Robo Tron Productions or, or Robo Funk. Something like that. Funkomatic, maybe. I can't remember. It's got a little robot with an afro as oh, the logo good. for the company. Um, Funky robot. It was being published by them. And basically, the apocalypse comes. Right. Uh, <laughs> hell. Mm, <laughs> um, I am apocalypse. <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was after Jean Grey all those years. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that is very much how it goes. Um, and the, the apocalypse comes, the world is abandoned, and it turns out the Pope is a real bad egg. He's a real um, baldy. The Pope runs around doing a bit of hooling, bit of drinking, bit right. of gambling, um, and he's turned his back on God. And as punishment for wait, this... Wait, 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 wait. Before or after the apocalypse? Uh, before. Okay. Before the apocalypse. Right. He's a real bad egg. He, mm-hmm. he, he loves a bit of hooran. His name is Oswald. He's Pope Oswald of something or other. Okay. He's a big muscular man. He's a bit, well, he's not a big muscular man initially. Oh, isn't he? God hires him as his instrument of vengeance. So it's funny you should have brought up the spectre. Oh. And he becomes... He's given a brand new body. Hold on. I'm going to stop you there, Ben. I'll, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. God hi- Hasn't God already hired him if he's the Pope? Isn't that the whole point of the Pope? I'm not sure it was in this one. Okay. I don't know. I don't... Are you, are you questioning whether the Pope is actually chosen or voted in a popularity contest? Do you want to pause that and check on the cats? <laughs> no. That was I'm a weird noise. Fine. Lads, Stop! <laughs> Stop fighting! Podcast gold. Podcast gold. We need to get, um, uh, we need to get Matilda here so you can go, don't fight. Don't fight. Oh, such a wonderful reviewer. Um, but yes, um, he is then given a brand new body, um, a big holy artillery, and he goes around killing um, killing demons and having sex with demons and oh. stopping Lucifer from ascending to the throne. But it's all a bit silly. Right. It's a bit like carry on blaspheming. Um, it's, it's raunchy. It's good time. Um, I think it probably solved a lot of issues because of a lot of sexy demon drawings. Are there sexy demon there drawings? There are some sexy demon drawings. Um, the culmination of the run leads to God marrying a very, 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 very big booted uh, Virgin Mary. <laughs> very good. Um, and not before. Not before God marries the Pope her, has sex with her. Oh, good. And man. then the Pope and God have a little scrap at the end. Oh. Um because he slept with his uh future not, bride. Not so Virgin Mary. Yeah. Um very strange comic. Very teenage. Mm. I read it as a teenager, absolutely loved it. I read it again before this podcast, and I'm so ashamed of myself. You probably should have saved it for the upcoming episodes, Never Go Back. Never Go Back. Ah, oh, I should have saved it's it for Never now. Go Back. You've okay, I've got a whole comic book collection of stuff yeah. that you should never go back to. <laughs> um, don't worry. Like um, Apocalypse, Ben, you have spent your load. I have spent my load. Um, but, yes, that's not really edgelordy, it's more humorous. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things 
And it's kind of sad to see this happen to Garth Ennis, but Garth Ennis was kind of... Wait, Battle Pope wasn't Garth Ennis, was it? No, no, no. It was Robert Kirkman, wasn't it? I think it was Kirkman, yeah. Kirkman! Um, And yeah, it was one of those things. But another form of kind of edgelord blasphemy is where they think they're being really cutting and serious about Mm -hmm. their kind of blasphemy. It's like, yeah, got the Catholic Church, boom. Yeah. And it's just... It's very, it comes off very cheesy right. or very teenage. And it was a shame to see this happen to Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis originally wrote Preacher, which is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But very good. But very good. Garth Ennis also famously left a dead rat outside my house. Yes, yes, he does that quite a bit. Yeah. It's a gift, Michael. It's a mm-hmm. gift. He wants to be on the podcast. Yeah. Let him in. Garth Ennis, surprisingly cat like in his behaviour. Yeah. He's sitting on your window just there, Michael. <laughs> see him. Garth, get out of here. The the house, the rain. Keeping up against the sill. Um, but anyway, he then went on to... This has kind of been a theme of his work for quite a time. He's usually a little bit blasphemous with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of... Now, the, here's a question about Garth Ennis. Yeah. Was he raised a Catholic? I don't know. He's a northern man, so He's it could be man. a Catholic. I'll, or I'll try and find that out. You we'll talk. get into this. He later went on to do a series for Avatar Press, famously who helped do Necronomicon for Alan Moore. Oh, I think that's Avatar Neonomicon. Press. Neonomicon, which I always get wrong. I don't know if it's there on your shelves. It it's somewhere. Um, doesn't matter. I think that's Avatar Press as well. They often, the way they get creators like that on board is they say it's no holds barred, whatever story you want to tell. Oh. You can tell. That's how they get the that's big... How, that's how Alan Moore got raping by a sea monster. Yep. And it's also yeah. how Garth Ennis got a story called Wormwood, where the Pope, again, is a real bad egg. Now, Ben, let me stop you there. I've never heard of Wormwood. So you don't have to do a conceit where you tell me what type of story it is oh, and okay. then I pretend I don't know because I genuinely you don't genuinely know. genuinely don't know. Okay, well then let me give you the breakdown on Wormwood. The Antichrist is born. Yeah. He's a man called Wormwood. He's a TV executive. It's a bit dated of course at this he point. Is. He's a TV executive. Um, he's a real bad egg. But more importantly, he's the unwilling Antichrist. He does not want to bring about the apocalypse. He thinks his dad, Satan, is a dick. And he doesn't talk to him. Right. Um, his best friend is Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, who came to earth but was bludgeoned in the head by an LAPD cop during a riot. Was he black? He was black. Oh, very good. Very edgy. Um, and he now has, um, he's now mentally disabled as a result of that bludgeoning. Oh, God. So the second coming of Christ oh, is literally. there. Yeah. And then there. They hang out in a bar together. Who? Um, the, the Antichrist Jesus. and Second Coming of Jesus because the they're name? best friends um, JC he calls him JC and the Very other guy Danny Wormwood is the name of, of the Antichrist one of the characters in it is a talking rabbit yeah um, that's his sidekick because he wanted someone to talk to so he gave a rabbit sentience and mm-hmm. he's able to talk where is God in all this? I don't know man. God went mad after creating the universe and he spends his time careening through the cosmos tugging himself off. Oh, very good. Under a robe. So he's a massive wanker. He's a massive wanker. He's like a universal wanker. There's lots of other characters here. There's the Whore of Babylon yeah. um, who's famously known as Jezebel in the Bible. She's mm-hmm. the Whore of Babylon. Um, and there's a whole... There's all these characters. There's lots of sex. Wormwood regularly has sex with uh, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. Uh, yeah, and she's his girlfriend. Or is anyway, it in French bin? Jean d'Arc. Jean d'Arc. Um, which is the name of a really cool noir cop in a French bloody 60s Oh, really? Jean d'Arc. Um, but, yeah. Anywho. That's the whole kind of setup of the thing. And then he is there to stop 
the apocalypse from happening. Who? Wormwood? Wormwood. But he he likes humanity as it is. He's a reluctant antichrist. Mm. And it's just very much this Eddie thing. You know, God is the absent father. The devil is a bit of a dick. You know, mm. it's... And the devil's real smooth and charming and suave. It's really on the nose. The devil played by Ray Wise. It would be if that was the option. Mm. It's very on the nose. And um, they take a road trip to hell. And it's... I, again, one that I shouldn't have gone back to. Read it when I was a teenager. You're really spending your load on the things. Yeah, I, don't worry. To. Like, I had horrible taste when I was a teenager. Don't <laughs> worry, there's lots to spend my load on. Um, but yeah, so that for me is like a real example of just a on-the-nose kind of poor thing. And it was a shame for me because I saw Garth Ennis and I was like, oh, great. Yeah. That'll be good. Where does he have that rat? That'll be good. Yeah. Get out of mixed front garden. Yeah, get it out of the front garden. But no, no. It was real, real poor. So, anyway. Yeah, go on. There's a lot of reasons that this stuff kind of comes up. And, and one of the things that I'm I'm real interested in, we seem to do a lot... That's your opinion. ...of this kind oh, of no. satire. Um, <laughs> us personally. We do this kind of satire, not you and I, no. in the West quite a bit. Oh. It was interesting that you brought it up at the beginning that quite often when we, we think of these things, we think of them as Western parodies. Yeah, Life of, of Brian. Yeah, Life of Brian. That's our thing. There's a big thing here with mm-hmm. taking the piss out of God yeah. these days. And I'm not saying that it's not merited in some form. You know, there's all kinds. It eh, doesn't matter. Not a political podcast. But there is a possible reason for that. For example, did you know that usually when a superhero movie comes out in India, yeah. it does not do nearly as well as it does in the Western that's because um, nobody dances in the western society it's not because nobody dances there are several theories behind this but the one that I really like is called the theory of disenchantment oh uh, the theory of disenchantment is that not the new show on Netflix from Matt Groening no that's disenchanted oh I think I think you're very close I don't think it's disenchanted okay. or disenchantment Go on one of here. those the theory of disenchantment was, was put forward by a guy called Carl and Carl Young Weber Carl uh, Weber or Weber, I'm not Carl really Weathers. sure. Carl Weathers. Or it could be Weber, I'm not sure. Carl Weathers, famously of, of Predator, Predator fame. Yeah. Speaking um, of Predators. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Go on. He famously put this theory forward after Marxism um, and other such things came to the forefront in uh-huh. Western society. Mm-hmm. The decline of religion has been steadily oncoming since the end of World War Two. Right. There was notable drops in religious attendance and stuff like that, especially within Christianity. Mm-hmm. He reckons it's because the West's technological advances pushed forward. Right. And that meant that we kind of grew and grew and grew. And we started to leave that behind in terms of becoming a first world civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and other societies have not been so rapid in their development. India is still quite behind the curve in certain aspects. The Middle East is still quite behind the curve in certain aspects. Such a racist bin. Um, no, this is an actual statistical phenomenon right, that you can go, look go, up. Go, go. If you uh, if you need to look up what that is, so you don't think I'm a racist, it's called the demographic <laughs> cycle. You can take a look at it. Um, Ooh, I was well boy. prepared for this one because I knew this was coming up. Um, but he reckons that's why stories and narratives have become so popular in Western society. Generally speaking, um, other cultures such as India or Middle Eastern societies rely heavily on their old stories and religious stories yeah, go on. to tell things. We tend to come up with new things. For example, comic books. Right. Okay. We tend to do massive things. Famously, Virgin Media tried to launch... Not a virgin. <laughs> not a virgin, miss. Um, virgin Media tried to launch a series of comics f- with, uh, featuring Indian characters. 
right from different religions go on as their kind of their thors and their things mm. like this failed horribly yeah because they don't like their characters being retold and it's interesting that you brought up the supernatural issue and the pocket monster no monster sorry monster in my pocket sorry um pocket it's interesting you brought different. those up they tend to fail when this effort is made with new things mm-hmm. and the reason they think this is is religious piety in those countries has never diminished right so the theory of a disenchantment does not apply to other countries. It would be amazing if they'd done a monster in my pocket of Jesus. Yeah, it would be. And Mary. It would be. And Pontius Pilate. God, that'd be deadly. <laughs> I'd have, we'd have the whole collection for the tiny room. <laughs> yeah, we would. Um, it would be really, really cool. But it's interesting because other men have jumped on the bandwagon for this kind of thought. Mm-hmm. One of them is Grant Morrison. Yeah. Who is kind of love-hated by the podcast. Do a Grant Morrison voice. Ah, uh, yeah, no, superheroes are the, are, the, are the gods of our time, you Brilliant. know? Brilliant, yeah. Um, and that was one of his things. He wrote a book called Super Gods a couple of years ago where he tried to draw a parallel between superheroes and modern religion. That's the new religion of people. It's mm-hmm. not. It's the new thing that we look up to. Yeah, all right. I don't think we worship them in the same way. I have Superman on my socks. You have Superman in your socks. There's a lot of iconography going around. Mm. But I don't think it's worship in the same way. We certainly like those stories because they give us that that enchantment that we've lost. The theory of disenchantment states that because a society becomes so advanced, they lose a certain grip on the spiritual or the thing. Naivety. And yeah, they lose their naivete. The mm-hmm. wool is lifted from the eyes, Michael. Mm. Um, and it comes back. It's interesting that stuff like that comes along. Grant Morrison has famously tried to make his career off saying, you know, I superheroes are gods, you know. It's really important for society to have that, you know. Is Grant um, Morrison responsible for the new one where the people are gods, the divine, the wicked? Wicked divine? and the divine? No, that's Kieran Gillen. Oh. Uh, Kieran Gillen then. Oh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. No, the art's very good. Very good. Yeah. Very good art, very clean. I think that's Kieran Gillen's art. Mm. I'm not sure who the other guy is. Um, but yeah that's that's God's reinvented as pop stars mm-hmm. uh, which makes a celebrity parable um, which is interesting but yeah he's tried it Wicked and Divine has tried it I read one recently called uh, God Country by Donny Cates from mm-hmm. Image Comics which is kind of a look at what would happen if the theory of disenchantment took place in Kirby's fourth world oh yeah is that what it so is so it's real good it's like it's, it's like the fall of religion in someone else's fiction it's, it's the, the fall, fall of the new gods but it's the fall of religion in someone else's fiction where the gods are definitively real yes exactly like atheists often when you have atheists on TV or on shows they are genuinely idiots because in the worlds they live in these gods are often undeniably real yeah exactly you know what I mean to yeah. be an atheist in the, the real world Ben it's probably the most logical position to take. Yeah. But to be an atheist in the world of supernatural is patently ridiculous. Yeah, because a lot of weird shit happens. And just all the time. All the time. They've had an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Yeah. And I mean, two lads with nice hair averted often. It's good, good of them. But good, too good I mean, the, the, there's going to be a lot of evidence that this stuff is real in that sort of universe. Are we going to do an episode where it's almost impossible for Supernatural to keep a lid on all the shit that they do? <laughs> We're just going to go through it as like, there was the first apocalypse. Well, actually, everyone would have noticed. it's interesting you said that. Have you ever watched the TV show iZombie? Mm, yeah I know it's about a zombie outbreak it It, it had a Mike Allard comic that was about yeah Mm. uh, with Rose McIver from out of New Zealand lovely it handles that really well because by season four they've had to wall off Seattle from the rest of the USA oh wow and the whole world knows about zombies because you can't keep that type of thing under wraps yeah it doesn't work like that yeah so it's actually can't wall off a city and be like "Eh." it handles it it handles it very well Um, have you ever 
I really want to read God Country. That sounds yeah, it's, it's downstairs. I brought it, I brought it for you to have a, a flick a through. Have you ever played a Japanese video game? No. Um, lots of Japanese video games did almost the opposite of what I said at the start of the episode, where they were casually, accidentally casually blasphemous about Christianity in the 80s and 90s. Because mm. they didn't, most of the developers weren't Christians. Fair so enough, so they didn't know. They didn't really know. So they'd gladly have you fighting Jesus or oh, throwing excellent. throwing crosses at people. Or, excellent. Um, and these things often were censored by the more sensitive, for the more sensitive Western ear. Ah. So a lot of games like Castlevania, like Castlevania, for example, I was just about uh, to say. Very heavy Christian imagery in Castlevania. Yeah, they love it. And a lot of it taken out for Western releases. I used to play a game series, a pretty obscure game series, Ben. No one listening will have heard of it called Shining the Something. I've Shining never the heard Holy of it. Ark. Shining. In Shining the Holy Ark, uh, God um, sends Holy Spirits to possess people to fight devils, basically. Oh. And when it got a Western release, God was changed to Zod. Because they didn't use to want to use the word God. Jesus. So basically you end up praising the bad guy from Superman 2. Zod! <laughs> yeah. Kneel before Zod! Okie dokie! Um, Fair then, enough. Then, uh, yeah, lots of things like Catholic or Catholic churches in lots of Japanese video games, when they got converted to American releases or European releases, had the crosses removed. Oh. So they're just the church, and you go and get the blessing of the creator rather than capital G, God. Capital G-O-D. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. All right, fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know if you have any shameful kind of edgelord blasphemy moments. Um, What did you think of Preacher when it came up for you? Do you have any issues for us um, that do an interesting uh, job of... Yeah, well, let's focus on the... (laughs) That was an awful wrap. That was an awful wrap. We've had a rough day today. We've had a rough day today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. That's the worst rap I've ever done. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, did you read Preacher? Did you respond very well to the kind of blasphemous messages of Preacher? Was it a seminal part of your 90s comic book growing up? Do you know any comics that treat religion in a positive light that you didn't hate? Um, Let us know because this has been quite negative as Michael pointed out at the start of the podcast. What do you think of Dogma? Does it make you cringe when you watch it again? Let us know what you thought down below. As always, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, There are lots and lots of things to see. Give us your recommendations for other things that treat comics in a new way we thoroughly recommended the podcast this week Upgrade and God Country yeah we do and as a final thing because we forgot to do it at the start big shout out to the lads over at the Superior Comics Show who gave mm. us a shout out during early in the week they're a lovely pair of lads good pair of lads um, good go, pair of eggs go give them a listen they have some really interesting content there's some great Insta stories there about the Comic Con and we're going to fight them uh, and we're going to fight them uh, but only if they agree it's a consensual fight uh, but anyway that's the end of it from us bye bye